0: Yeah, I thought, like, oh, I'll just – because I looked to make sure, like, is there an update? And there was, but it was a small one. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just get this done. And then you messaged me. And it was only, like, three gigs. But after the download, it still takes, like, 40 minutes for it to install. So I just Mm. canceled it. So let me know if it starts breaking up at all, like, you know, where it's, like, impossible to hear. But um, other than that, we should be okay. I'll take over the show. Solo artist That's right, what you always wanted Just me (laughs) Listen to me (laughs) Except when
1: I'm editing I know you've said it uh, In similar fashion, usually when there's technical problems Those are the days you wish Like man, why did I talk so much God, shut up (laughs) Shut the fuck up, Dave
0: (laughs) Now I feel how everyone else feels Will you (laughs) shut up (laughs) All of my emotions feel the same take
1: this one solo because uh our last episode was one of my favorite films uh that was going back to 2016 my number one Mm -hmm. and i believe unless you've uh had an affair on one of your favorite filmmakers uh last i was uh, aware of this was your favorite film of 2021
0: parallel mothers yes that is still true it's weird to hear you say um, to reference Almodovar is one of my favorite filmmakers. Like, I guess that's true, uh, but there's there's so many blind spots because he's had mm. such a prolific career that I'm like, oh, can I even say that? Like, I've only seen like seven of his movies, and I think he's made twenty or thirty. Uh, so I feel so you're sort like... of
1: late, late to the party with him. Is this a recent? Uh, oh evacuation?
0: yeah, yeah. I don't think I saw an Almodovar Almodovar movie, uh, before I don't know, like five years ago. Um, so very recent, um, mm. uh, but especially after, uh, after watching Pain and Glory, that was the kind of like, oh, I really need to, and of course, Alba DeVore always been one of those names that you're like, oh yes, of course, uh, you know, one of our greatest filmmakers not from America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. List of shame and all that good stuff. Um, so I've, you know, it has been interesting because whenever you kind of rework uh, someone's work, right? You go back. You could start from the beginning. Uh, You could go with certain actors. And I feel like I've just gone in with Almodovar, like, without a plan. Someone just tells me, hey, you should watch this movie, or some overpriced boutique label releases a movie, and I'm like, okay, well, there's an opportunity for me to watch some more Almodovar. So I have, you know, watched stuff here and there, and I've mostly liked all of it. Um, Like most recently, I think the most recent one I watched was Matador, um, which is it's got a lot of similarities between uh, that and Phantom Thread. So it's right up my alley. Um, So that worked out very well for me. So, yeah, I guess he is one of my favorite directors.
1: I'm not that different from you, maybe a decade uh, ahead of you, but I have my Mm -hmm. own gaps uh, for me uh, because I, I mean... It's not a hot take to say that his films are gorgeous to look at, uh, the color palette yeah. Yeah. and and everything. It's it's pristine. I came into um, his filmography with uh, getting a Blu-ray player and sort mm. of fell back in love with movies. As far as like, they'll never look better than this. Which right, right. we will eventually reach that point where there's only so <laughs> much you can advance level as yeah. far as what the human eye can you know comprehend. But certainly bumping up from you know being a teenager that uh i was of the i guess the dvd generation when i actually started to have buying power um so coming off of vhs to dvd to then blu-ray uh i fell in love with the volvere that came out in i believe mm-hmm. 2006 and so that's right in that period of like all right so getting a lot of high def uh, material oh my god who is this director <laughs> but did i go back no, cause I wanted it in, <laughs> I wanted it in high definition. So I, I was like, right. anything moving forward, I'll be there. So, uh, broken Embraces," uh, the skin I live in, I've, I've recommended to you uh, a few times, uh, that, which grade. I still I'm haven't watched. <laughs> yeah. Let us see how much weight, uh, you know, my voice carries on this podcast. Uh, I have to admit, I've not seen, I'm so excited and I don't know if I'm aware of even what that is. That's from 2013. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at filmography, uh, but other than that, when I'm caught up, now I'm sort of an outlier in that um, I did a show called 99 from 99, uh, which All About My Mother was a 1999 release. Well, it's weird. Okay, so it's weird to double back and you're like, okay, so this was, it wasn't his breakout because I would say like Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, mm-hmm. the end of the 80s, Tie Me Up, Time Me Down, 1990, which I did on Sober Cinema. And I, I really like that one.
0: I mean,. Of it's funny. One, I, alone. I didn't remember that you had watched that movie, and everything I've heard about that movie, I was thinking, you know what, Mike would really like. I'm on record. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right.
1: <laughs> um, but all about my mother, uh, I believe, won uh, at the time the best foreign language film, now best yeah. international film, uh, and seemed to be the sort of breakout of being accepted domestically here in the u.s Mm -hmm. and so when i double back to that one like okay so this one's the best apparently this is and i'm like i don't like this at all like (laughs) so that is strange uh maybe i just like him working with you know a movie star in penelope cruz that i'm already aware of i do really like their dynamic the whole scorsese de niro thing that they they have going on so uh parallel mothers i came into it expecting to like it um love the poster uh, the trailer, uh, which we got a lot, because in you know pandemic times, yes. if you're going to a theater, there's so few as far as uh, the product <laughs> we've got. Out.
0: We've got seven trailers, so if you so, see two movies, <laughs> not, you've seen them all.
1: <laughs> if it comes to you know your local theater, you've probably seen the trailer you know a thousand times at that point. I wouldn't say it's a great trailer, and that they seem to very old-fashioned. Like they're afraid to reveal, like, hey, this is a. Uh, a foreign language to you dumb Americans. So we're not going to have much of the way of dialogue. So it's yeah. just, you know. Look at this like, beautiful oh. imagery.
0: Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I definitely, I mean, it's safe to say I was not as high on it as you.
0: Well, but let's at. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my favorite of the year. So yeah, it's not number yeah.
1: one. Um, But I was looking at some of the negative reviews, which are few and far between because I think it's at sure. 96% Rotten Tomatoes. And even the positive ones sort of dive into this. Uh, I'm seeing soapy plot, soap opera thrown Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. out there a lot. And when it's put in a negative connotation, um, it's almost like if you went to a Scorsese movie and said... What is it with his obsession with violence? Why is there right. so much violence? I I don't know. I was like, <laughs> at this yeah. Point. Have you watched?
0: <laughs> any of it? That's like that is a feature, not a bug. Like that is exactly what Almodovar is going for here.
1: And since I've already made fun of the trailer in your edit, you can't really rely on it to summarize the plot for us here at all. Right. So the very brief IMDb summary is the story of two mothers who bond in unexpected ways after giving birth the same day. Which doesn't really reveal too much. No, (laughs) Uh, it gets more soapy. Rotten Tomatoes haters, it does get decidedly more soapy. Uh, I don't know if that's the point, though. I don't really. I like. I. I think he's definitely interested in sort of old-fashioned storytelling techniques to heighten Mm -hmm. the drama, but I don't really think that he's entirely plot motivated. Which is maybe why I had a distaste for All About My Mother Mm -hmm. because I felt like it relied too heavily on the plot and the contrivances. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. No, I think, um, oh, God, I hate to be this person, but like anyone who that's their issue with it, like, I'm sorry, but you missed the point. Like all that melodrama is to distract you from what the actual point of the movie is. And that's that's what I love most about this movie, because, as you know, I mean, we talked about this on other podcasts. I love a great ending um it can really transform a movie and that's what happened here like all the while I'm watching this cuz I watched this I think I had like a you know I paid for screeners for the spirit awards so that's how I was able to see it cuz God knows it was not playing anywhere near Lexington, Kentucky until well after the Oscars. And I'm watching I'm like, okay, this is good. Penelope Cruz is great as usual. She has literally, like, she has better scenes with a computer screen than most actresses have with other actors. I mean, she just is amazing. And then, But I'm like, yeah, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Enjoying myself. It's a little ridiculous. It's a little over the top. It's melodramatic. And then that ending hits, and I was like, oh! oh, wow, this is the best movie I've seen all year. And I was not expecting that. Like, it went from, like, a B-plus movie to an A-plus movie in one moment. Because really, you know, they talk about in the synopsis, oh, it's about, like, this relationship between these women and how it changes. And you could even get into the whole baby-switching thing and how dramatic that is. But it's really about closure, about trauma. Like, this is actually a very serious movie. It's just that the hour in between the seriousness... Is way over dramatic, and I think if you're not distracted by that, I think the movie actually suffers because I think it's so dour. If you're not distracted by the soap opera plot in the middle, and th- and again, hey, you hey, mentioned
1: <laughs> how about these two attractive ladies starting <laughs> yeah, up a second relationship? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: and like honestly, if you and you mentioned Penelope Cruz already, and if you don't have a phenomenally talented actress in this role. I think you kind of tune out of it because it is so ridiculous. And over, I mean, it's literally switched at birth. Like this is the oldest soap opera contrivance that exists, and yet because of Penelope Cruz and Almodovar's eye, you really it finds a way to make that work.
1: I mean, sometimes uh, you know. I've I've kind of bitched about this on another podcast, which I've already pimped out like two of mine. So I don't know trilogy and <laughs> theory. Let's say sure, it was that one. Why not? I don't know the good one. Uh, yes, the one I'm not invited
0: onto. So it must be good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my co-host wants any sort of guess. Just on, control just it all. Wants, you know, you're the keys. wild card. You're the wild card. <laughs> you can't have
0: anymore. Oh man.
1: Yeah, we just did a uh, a deer hunter recording last night where I got oh the impression that both of us were being like let's be respectful, it's about you know, you know, trauma and the Vietnam War, but I, I don't know, the don't. Russian roulette thing is kind of tacky and I don't uh, like
0: that movie and I really respect okay, it too. Well yeah.
1: we spent uh, about fifteen minutes of it uh looking at the year of nineteen seventy eight, saying, Is this really the best picture winner? <laughs> anyway, look at and all I, this uh,
0: other good stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I have conned him into recording Ever Which Way But Loose next as a seventy eight <laughs> 1978 this. film. <laughs> Webb and
0: I had like an actual uh, Zoom conversation as friends, unrecorded. Oh, not a podcast? Uh, yeah, not a, a podcast. Waste. Just catching up because he's not interested in podcasting with anyone but you. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess I have to talk to you now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, he told me about his Shaw Brothers Nonsense, and now your uh, your extra nonsense with a monkey and Clint Eastwood.
1: <laughs> Just roaming the country, uh, looking for combat. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was on that that podcast that I uh, um, when we weren't talking about every which way but loose in Greece. There's a nice ten minute segment on Greece in our episode with the deer hunter. So respectful, of course. Of um, course. What, that, what uh,
0: movies would you like to see? Russian Roulette. In what is the <laughs> we can't do that to Rizzo. You
1: know, and speaking of <laughs> a melodrama and, you know, pregnancy. Um I mentioned that I, you know, at the beginning of the year I was like, all right, I'm going to do the whole 52 book challenge for the year, read a book a week, which mm. a lot of times is audiobooks, some mixture of both. Sure. And uh the quickest way to get me out of reading is a string of bad books. And it's like, mm. you know, I'm not um, same way with uh, the music scene. I wouldn't say that I am extremely curious searcher of music. Usually someone has to present right. it to me or I fall into it accidentally. Unlike movies where I'm like I constantly need oh, to watch, watch anything, and find something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh same with with books. It's like, okay, well this is this is a bestseller or this has been hyped. I'm not going to find the the sort of like the underground books. I'm not there at the beginning. So, it's all been prefaced as this is something a lot of people are reading and enjoying. It's got great reviews. And I had a string of like three or four I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is bullshit. I'm like, if this happened in a movie, this would be savaged online for the, right. the stupidity, the contrivances that, you know, I guess Almodovar is having to to suffer through. So I'm watching Parallel Mothers and I'm into it in the way that I'm like, okay, this is just like, it's very much like a novel in the sense that it's mm-hmm. this heightened situation. And we're just going to put these people in that situation because hopefully you would never have to experience it, you the reader or the viewer, whatever form that you're consuming this content. But it's interesting to have that sort of what if of like, Wow, that is that is crazy. Like, how would I feel in that? Mm-hmm. Because it's in this case the, the whole baby switching dynamic uh is made you know, spoiler alert if you've not seen it. Unfortunately this is not streaming anywhere yet, although it is a new new ish release. So it is it is available. You know, it's it's not <laughs> It's rentable. As you said. It is not some Shaw Brothers thing that Webb had to send me, like a VLC (laughs) copy (laughs) over Drive, that sort of thing. Um, So last morning there. So the the babies, not only are they switched, but by the time it's sort of recognized, it's too late because one of them has suffered uh, an early death, a crib death, as they they call it. And so then it becomes this, well, what would you do now? Because you know that you are now raising this other grieving mother's child. Mm-hmm. And yet, you didn't even have the opportunity to really sort of process the grief of your child because you never, you know, it's it's too late. You no, know. all those right. things are really interesting, and it's more, you know, it's just like theater. I just want to see these actors just sort of chew into it. I don't really care how any of it resolves. I don't really care if it is contrived. I just want Penelope Cruz to have this great material to work with,
0: right? Right. And a
1: lot of it is really quiet material. There's not a ton of dialogue that's not, um. I mean they're they're of course wearing different faces to each other because they're sure. not both sides are not playing with all the information. And did you have any problem with once I guess you know, all the cards are on the table? The film kind of like amps up in a way that I didn't expect. Not in a heightened melodrama way, but almost in a more realistic this is how I would respond. If someone dropped this on yeah. me, I would say, hey, I don't need to deal with you right now. I need to get right. away from this, which is not – that's not how movie or theater would usually do it, where it's like we need to separate.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly what I love about it is that, yes, this is – as you mentioned, it's all heightened. It's all soap opera stuff, but it's dropped in the lap of two women who are normal people, <laughs> and they react as normal people would. And if you told me Alma was going to make a movie about baby switching – this is not what I would expect I was going to get because he. Hijinks d- and Sue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does create very heightened characters as well, not just heightened situations. And this may be strangely in a movie about baby switching and SIDS. This may be Alma DeVar's most grounded portrayal <laughs> of women in crisis. Like, I was just like, Oh, this is actually like, despite the trauma and the horrible things that are happening, these are, these are nice people. Like even even the guy in the beginning, and if you watch Emmy any Almodovar, you will notice that there's not a lot of good guys uh, around. They're all pretty terrible. This guy's mm-hmm. actually like you know, granted he is cheating on his wife, who is dying of cancer, and yet yeah. he's kind he's still kind of nice. Like he's still trying to do the right thing in this situation. Like at first, it feels like they are making him a target of being another bad guy because he's the one who's like, "Are you sure that's my baby?" And that always feels like, oh, so who are you cheating on me with? And they don't really go that <laughs> route. Right. He just kind of continues to say, I don't see myself in this child. Like, are you sure? I, does he look like anyone in your she, family? She kind of
1: feels that way too.
0: She, uh, There's something – And it's interesting because at first she has the natural reaction of being very offended. And then like a day later, she's like, you know what? That motherfucker might be right. That doesn't Mm -hmm. look like anyone. It kind of looks like old pictures of my, of one half of my family. But really, no one's ever really seen him. We just have pictures, maybe one or two. So maybe. Uh, And I kind of love that, that this guy, they don't make him out to be a villain in this movie at all. He actually, in some ways, in an odd way, kind of becomes a savior. By the end of the movie, because he's the one who leads the excavation of this trauma that really is what this story is about, because it it really is all about reactions to trauma, whether individual trauma or cultural trauma. Uh, and I think despite the fact that this is heightened, it does a really good job of keeping everything like really near the surface and really grounded and kind and empathetic. And that really, really surprised me by the end of this movie, because as it's happening, I'm like, OK, this is going to be enjoyable, but ridiculous and it never, as you mentioned, it never really goes that route. They don't yell and scream at each other. They don't throw plates. They just like, well, this sucks. Uh, yeah I, I mean it makes sense that you take the kid I guess I'll talk to you in a few days and we'll try and work this out and I'm like that is not where I thought this was going I can respect it Dave
1: but where's the hair pulling and the swimming pool sequence that I expected from a modern child like, thing Mike's like
0: I respect this movie but I don't like it because I would have <laughs> gone a totally different route <laughs> yeah and I just I, I really love the staging of the ending where you know they have all this storytelling about the past and about what happened, whether it be like the, the rattle or the glass eye or all these things. And then to actually see that trauma unearthed and dealt with by the people left behind was like just beautiful. Like I, and I was not expecting this, like I'm going through the whole movie. Okay. And I honestly, there is so much drama in this movie that I forgot what the plot of the movie was. I forgot that it started out like, let me convince this man to help me Listen with this excavation. To this. Totally. You were
1: just telling the fans of the show and I that was they like, should not pay attention to you.
0: No, what I'm telling in the you is theater. like, oh, lesbians. See, that's, that's what I'm focused on. <laughs> hey, that's my bit. <laughs> Don't
1: encroach on my territory.
0: <laughs> so then when the ending happens, it's a, it's like a stark reminder of no matter what nonsense is going on in these people's lives, we have moved forward we have to move forward because look at the look at the trauma that's been dealt out by by the the structures as opposed to like just individuals this is about like the trauma of a people and to see them all standing there watching the excavation you know our lead character pregnant again like trying to start over it's like it's very it's a very stark reminder of the past filled with violence and death and that we have to deal with that before we can actually move forward. And it's just kind of a beautiful metaphor.
1: Yeah. One, one area that I really like uh, going back through a lot of his filmography, and I, I keep harping on you to watch the skin I live in, maybe not that one. So let's, let's go with like broken embraces <laughs> or something of that nature. Uh, let's just stick to the cruise material is, How much these people, these characters, he's really interested in how they respond to things that not only are outside of their control, but probably happened way before they even entered into the the scene. So this one, for example, the the historical context of this, of the Spanish Civil War, um, All About My Mother, which I did not like so much, is about random occurrences and the sort of baggage people carry, even when they are decades removed from, from this the the links in the chain and I probably like Volvere more because it's just you know I, I like a nice ghost story uh quasi ghost story with a bunch of ladies who you know that that's probably the most uh we don't need men <laughs> yeah. <entry> in this <laughs> in this whole uh production i I didn't really get why this one in particular with this this entry that it's more of like a two hander, I feel like, with his prior film with Antonio Manderas. And mm-hmm. so I don't I don't understand any of the the criticisms that would have come this direction because I and I'm not knocking the film. I just don't think that there's anything particularly surprising about it. And sometimes that's that's what i i want i want a filmmaker to sort of double back to, to right. on some of the same themes and some of that ground because it just becomes more refined i do think you know for the most part i'm picking on the very few negative uh, scores of scott this had a 79 percent audience score which actually is probably pretty high for that's this shocking material <laughs> that's yeah like... um but I, I think that you know that whole doubling back is also uh Not only is that what Omar Dovar is doing, but it's also he's interested in characters that have to sort of double back to to prior Mm -hmm. mistakes. And maybe not even mistakes of their own doing, but they just have to, like, okay, at some point, this just can't be passed down to the next generation. Um, And it it also fits, I think we're going to have another film uh, coming up in this little little EP, this album, where it's, for the most part, about decent people. Mm Mm-hmm dealt a hand that they didn't necessarily want to play, but they're just trying to manage it in the most decent way possible. You know, baby switched at birth, crib death, uh, a man coming in saying, I don't know if that's my kid or not. These are a lot of (laughs) possibly indecent, trashy things that are dealt with in a very sort of gentle and warm fashion that I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. And I do regret that I had to, you know, I couldn't fully enjoy Jessica Chastain. Winning finally her Oscar because Penelope Cruz <laughs> was 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 better. Talk, this year. Talk, this was... I mean, talk about a makeup Oscar! Like really, the eyes of Tammy
0: Fay. Like I I hope that Chastain. It's one of those where like we don't even talk about what movie she won for. Just that zero she's dark in thirty. Academy, wasn't where, it? Yeah, it must four. have been. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, because I you know I knew it wasn't going to happen, but like that was the one thing I was really rooting for. Was was Penelope Cruz here because she's god she's so good here and
1: i also love that i turned a film that's about like you know mass execution genocide of, of a people during
0: a war nice, and i'm a like nice movie what
1: what about that hot redhead i love finally getting her trophy and philipa cruz is gonna have to deal with the trauma of previous <laughs> mistakes that had nothing to do with her <laughs> but now right. she's paying for those sins
0: <laughs> much, much like the the mistakes of the academy, so it you know mm. it ends up working out. We're doing our whole month on mothers, right? Like every mm-hmm. every episode we're doing, and you mentioned our little mini album, our EP is about mothers. And I find, I find the main romantic relationship in this movie very interesting because there is a romance, but there's also like almost a maternal relationship between them because this younger partner you know, in terms of the the Spanish Civil War that you talked about, like, she doesn't know anything about it. She's just like, she knows what her parents have told her and, like, she's kind of tuned it out. And there's a whole scene where (laughs) Vidalby Cruz is like, Listen here, you little bitch. I'm going to tell you what's what, and you're going to listen. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> And she's, like, shaking her fist at her through this whole scene. And this other woman is just kind of taking it, like, oh, what have I gotten myself into? And I absolutely love that. I love their relationship so much because it could have been easy and pulpy to just make it like, oh, they're just, they fell into each other's arms and they're passionate and they forget about everything else and blah, blah, blah. And it's not that at all. Like, it becomes like... It's almost like the sexuality is secondary to everything else that's going on. I don't know if it's more Al DeVar going like, uh... A lot of straight people started watching my movies. A lot of straight men. Maybe I got to really distract them. <laughs> what if I have these two pretty women kiss? <laughs> maybe, maybe that was this way. Mike from Offscreen Death that started with blu
1: rays with my work. And yeah. it like Hey, Mike, I've got a uh, lesbian thriller for you, and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you a thing or two uh, that's about right. the past. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Smart. Move, well, Pedro. <laughs> all
1: right, I'm knocking it down half star for that. I don't really like the way that's been framed.
0: <laughs> You're welcome.
1: <laughs> I, uh, speaking of frames, I do want to, you know, possibly correct myself. At the very introduction of this movie, I said, "Hey, I love the poster." So I had IMDb up, and I have Wikipedia up now. So on IMDb, it's the one I I had seen generally, uh, where it's Penelope Cruz uh, embracing uh, this this woman. You can't see the, the other woman's face. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and they have the, the sort of striped. Shirt, but it's not, obviously not a shirt. It's like, you know, it's sort of graphic design, uh, sort of pop art. Superimposed. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah. Bold, bold colors. Uh, those bold colors are on the poster for Wikipedia. Also with a bold nipple. It looks like an eyeball. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I am don't just think- saying
1: for once I was not being a pervert when I'm like, great poster. I was there.
0: <laughs> I don't think I ever noticed that until I went and logged it on Letterboxd. And that's that's the poster they use is the the nipple poster. And I was like, okay, nice. Pedro, settle down, will you? <laughs> I just want to
1: also tell my listeners that, like, lip-smacking sound was my pitbull that, like, leaned into the microphone. It it's me. amazing because you can't – like,
0: because you have a background up. I. Every once mm-hmm. in a while, he pops his head in, but most of the time, it just looks like Mike is petting the air behind him, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, you know, which is wonderful. Start talking
1: it. about nipples and the, he, you know, there's something that triggered my, my dog. So he decided, yeah, like, oh, you know, a little, good morning. A little sound, a little <laughs> ambiance there of lip smacking. Great. Yes. Um, <laughs> that will not continue, or maybe it will. I don't know. We'll see in our next episode, because we are talking, one of my selections uh, which actually did not uh, I was going to say
0: Technically This was also your selection Because you're like Dave You like this bullshit Let's let's watch love Mothers
1: <laughs> You liked it Dave You loved it So do a podcast on it um, Prove it <laughs> I'm going with something That I had not seen I watched it just for the podcast uh, Mamma Mia Which was a Box office sensation In 2008 And then, surprisingly to me, because I'm always I'm always pleasantly surprised when something I actually want to like get around to for the purpose of this show. I'm like, oh, got bad reviews, 55 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I can select it. (laughs) Yes, everyone hated it. Isn't that pleasant for me? (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see if the lip smacking continues
0: for Meryl and Company. Don't like that, but I guess that's how (laughs) it (laughs) works. Tattoo